0: Okay, a couple of things. Number one is I, I've I've heard some stuff. I don't think that seventy two point five is fully guaranteed. It sounds like the Jazz were able to get some concessions in that third season so that if Conley, you know, if if he still has health problems at that point in his career, they can they can get out of that for less than four
1: months. Okay.
0: I think I think look, low to mid twenties on a on a per year basis for an all-star and Mike Conley is an all-star, I am fine with that. I, and in fact, I guess here's how I would respond to you, Ajay. Like, okay, yes, Mike Conley, in this most recent season, his age 33 season, missed 21 games due to injury. And, the, and it hurt the Jazz. Like, the Jazz were barely able to hang on to the number one seed because of that. Do you, do you want to guess how many games Chris Paul missed during his age 33 season because of similar hamstring issues?
1: Oh, man. We've t- 24. Really?
0: 24. And now he's 36, and he just led a team to the NBA Finals. So I'd, I just think with injuries, you got to, like, sometimes we as fans just got to chill out and relax and realize, like, we're not doctors. We don't know. Like, injuries come and go. Um, yes, there are certain types of injuries that – that can tend to be more chronic and they can, you know, they can haunt a guy for longer periods of time. The jazz have certainly lived that with some of the players that they've, um, you know, selected and, and signed in recent years. But like Conley is a really good player. Conley is a player who helps the jazz unlock a completely different level. And I think that's just, you got to pay for that. You got to pay, you know, if you, if you want a, Tesla Model Y, you're not going to get it by paying Toyota Tercel prices. No offense to the good people at Toyota. <laughs> you know, stuff costs what it costs. And, and, you know, Mike Conley is a really good player, and, and he helped elevate the Jazz to a really, really good team.
2: Okay, so we've also <coughs> had this debate about, and i was curious to see how this would play out in free agency, and, and I think that 2020-21, kind of an anomaly season because of COVID, and travel was different, and all the other restrictions that, the teams had with them and in the off season, but and it shortened off season. But one of the questions that we've had was, would teams value availability mm. more than ability? But I think what we're seeing here is that they still value ability above all. Is that safe to say?
0: Well, I mean, I, I think you touch on a great point, Eric, which is that this season in particular was weird, right? So the games were more compressed because they. They got a late start, but they were still trying to wrap things up and finish A in time for the Olympics and B so that they could get back to a regular calendar for this upcoming season. So that meant that you know almost every week was like a four and six night stretch or a five and seven night stretch, and and that put a lot of strain on on particularly the thirty and up crew like Mike Conley. So I think that certainly factored into how to how teams um, weighed the 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 conundrum that you're talking about, which is, you know, would you rather have a, a really good player available for 80% of the season, or would you rather have an okay player available for, you know, the entire season? I think in the Jazz's case, again, what it comes down to is this, like, we've seen the Jazz field a lot of different versions of teams over the last 10 years that were like almost contenders. Mike Conley, as soon as he got to the Jazz and, and got healthy and, you know, that first season was was weird because, he missed a bunch of time, and then by the time he was healthy, Boyan Bogdanovich had a hurt wrist and he couldn't play. And plus, the Jazz made a trade in that season and brought Jordan Clarkson in. So the, the, the main guys that year, that Mike Conley's first year in Utah, didn't really have a lot of time together. But you know, this second year, the Jazz, you know, raced to fifty nine wins. They were absolutely a contender. They were a team that had Donovan Mitchell not re-injured his ankle in the second round had had Mike Conley not tweaked that hamstring they would have been you know able to compete in a series with anyone i'm not going to pretend like i know for a fact that they'd be throwing a parade in downtown salt lake city right now and hanging the banners but they were in a position to contend because mike conley unlocked a level that you know the ricky rubios the, the george hills all of the other point guards that they've tried in in various iterations of this jazz team over the last several years um, you know, Mike was the perfect complement to who Donovan Mitchell is growing into as a super-duper star and to what Rudy Gobert is as, as you know, maybe not a traditional superstar in that sense, but someone who's probably a, a top 10, 12, 15 impact guy in terms of being able to impact wins.
1: Ingles uh, survived the trade deadline, but do you think that he's a permanent jazz man or do you think he's still hanging in limbo if uh, things get kind of crazy and the jazz want somebody else?
0: Oh, the Jazz can absolutely still, you know, can can still make trades this summer, and and you know, I think Ingles because um, because he's set to make thirteen million this season on an expiring contract, um, and and you know, relative to his age and what he can contribute, I think that's that's something they'll look at if trading him can can get them, you know, an upgrade they would certainly take, but even if it gets them kind of a lateral move that saves them some money, I think that's something they may consider because obviously they're, you know, as presently constituted, we're looking at like, you know, a $200 million roster based on salary and, and luxury tax combined. So I think, you know, they'll look at scenarios that involve angles. I I don't, I don't necessarily think Boyan Bogdanovich Royce O'Neill, or even Jordan Clarkson are off the table either. I think all of those guys are, um, you know, subject to hearing their names on, uh, you know, in the trade rumor mill. And, and that doesn't mean that a trade is coming, but um, I, I kind of think, honestly, if you were to put me on the spot, I think it's more likely than not that the Jazz still do have one more trade coming this off season, at least one more trade. Um, and that probably means one of those four guys we just mentioned, Ingalls, O'Neal, Bogey, or Clarkson. I, I think probably one of those guys is going to be, forwarding their mail soon, but but that's just my guess and my hunch based on kind of the salary sheet and then, you know, things I hear about um, just the things that they might try to add some more talent around their their three all-stars.
2: Dan Clayton with Salt City Hoops, and Dan, as I've been the lead-up to uh, the, the draft and then with free agency... Uh, reading a couple different publications, including your own, uh, I, I see references to TMLE and MLE, so the taxpayer mid-level exception and the mid-level exception. Help, help us all understand the difference between those two and what do they mean. Yeah, so
0: basically, um, you know, the NBA is is what's called a soft cap league, which means that there is a salary cap, but almost no one stays below it. It's <laughs> It's a cap that you can exceed— in a, in a number of ways, the most notable exception is you can you can always sign your own free agents even if you're over the salary cap. But another exception that the NBA makes available to teams so that they can continue to improve their roster even if they're above the salary cap is what's called the mid-level exception, the MLE. So there's a diff, there's a version of the MLE for teams who are just over the salary cap but they want to sign another guy. It's what the Jazz used to sign Derek Favors last year. It was between nine and ten million. But for teams who are above the luxury tax line, which means they're spending so much that the NBA tries to just make it a little bit more difficult for them, for these teams to add talent because they just want to kind of even the playing field, those teams don't have the full mid-level exception available. They have a mini MLE or a taxpayer MLE of this year it's going to come to just under $6 million. It's going to be about $5.9 million. So now that the Jazz have retained Mike Conley, that pushes their team salary past the luxury tax threshold. And means that they will certainly have the, the the best asset at their disposal in terms of signing free agents will be that five point nine million dollar exception. That's basically what they have as they as they step into the free agent market from this point forward. They also have the rights to re-sign their own guys. Although Tony Jones of the Athletic is reporting that it's not likely that they keep George Nying, um, last year's ninth man, and you know they have some other free agents, but they're kind of you know, guys around the fringes. So I think their best tool right now is that, is that mini mid-level, the, the $5.9 million taxpayer exception.
2: And the, the players that could be available in that range that, that might be able to help Utah continue to be competitive in the West and be a, a title contender. Are there many?
0: Well, you know, it depends. So like we're talking about a league where like TJ McConnell, who's like an okay player, just signed a three year $35 million deal. So what that tells you is like a $6 million player is probably not someone who's going to impact your win total a bunch. But what you do see sometimes, Eric, is you see a guy who's probably better than that in in absolute terms. Excuse me. Um, But he likes the situation. He likes the opportunity to contend. Maybe it's someone who's already made a bunch of money in their career. And now they're just looking for a place that they can go. Help a team that's close to winning a championship get over that hump. So I think that's what you're shopping for mostly if, you, if you've got the taxpayer mid-level exception. You're looking for someone who, in a normal environment, would probably make eight figures, but he's going to settle for less because he likes what you're building. So one example is you know, the Lakers, according to reports, are out there trying to lure Danny Green. who Danny Green just came off like a $15 million deal. He's a, he's a very good player. His teams are always really good, partially because he just brings so much to the table on defense and, and with his shooting. Um, so, you know, if if the Lakers can get a $15 million player in Danny Green to sign with them for six, then I think the Jazz are looking for something kind of similar. The, the names that we've heard today are names like Rudy Gay, um, you know, another guy who he's made his money. He's been a star in this league. He's, he's now at the later stages of his career, and he, he'd probably be okay leaving some money on the table. If it's a chance to go play for a championship, Otto Porter is another one. He's still pretty young, but because he's had injuries the last couple of years, he's looking for a chance to maybe reset and kind of reestablish his name. So, so he might take less money if it means a chance to play in a high profile situation where he'll be on TV a lot and be playing deep into the playoffs. So that's probably about what you're hoping for is, is someone like that who, who can really help, but for whatever reason, they're they're not going to go out to the to some cap space team and and you know take a big deal from a team that is not contending for much and and they'd rather play for a team like the Jazz that that with the right moves could stay right in that Western Conference
1: mix. Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops, where you can find his article on saltcityhoops.com called "Follow the Benjamins Who Can Spend uh, in Twenty Twenty One: The Free Agency Update." It does a great 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 job. I think even David Locke got you a shout out, Dan. That's pretty cool
0: yeah dave uh David and I are you know we we were colleagues back when I was doing jazz radio stuff on on spanish radio and and it's nice of him to occasionally uh shout us out but yeah we're we're tracking all of the free agency movement. Um, I have an article on there with a a little jazz thought for literally every single available free agent, and then the companion piece to that is the one you mentioned where we're keeping track of with what teams have left to spend. And I'll be updating those in the coming days as, as teams make commitment to different guys. So definitely go to saltcityhoops.com dot and bookmark those pages. And as the next few days develop, we'll be keeping an eye on, on who still has money and, and who's out there that could potentially help the jazz or the other 29 teams in the association.
1: How impressed are you with the New York Knicks? They've been able to spend about 20 million on two different guys, Noreen Noel. And of course, of a former jazz guy, Alec Burke with still 40 million in cap space available how much of a player can they be in some of these major free agents this summer? Yeah, I mean,
0: they started the offseason. They, they could have, if, if they'd gotten the right meeting with the right couple of players, they could have gone into free agency with two max slots, meaning they could have, they could have gone to two superstar players and said, hey, tell your buddy, come here and play together. The problem is there, there weren't really there weren't really superstars or not that many of them in this free agency class. The biggest names in this free agency class were um, Kawhi Leonard and Chris Paul, who are widely expected to stay with their incumbent teams, the Clippers and the Suns respectively. So, um, so you know, the, the Knicks had some, had some decisions to make about how to spend their money. It looks like largely they will, they'll try to lock up some of their own guys, like you just mentioned. They're also supposedly preparing to make Evan Fournier a big offer, um, that's notable for the Jazz because while I do think Fournier is probably too good of a player to take that that six million dollar exception, um, he's also close personal friends with Rudy Gobert, so he's someone to watch just because you know there's a chance Rudy might have said to him like, Hey, buddy, let's, let's come over here to Utah. We'll we'll win some championships together. But if if New York is preparing an offer for him in you know the seventeen eighteen million dollar range, I can't see him passing that up. So. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll see what New York is up to, but they definitely, along with, um, you know, the, the Spurs have the ability to create a lot of cap space. And there's one other team that I'm blinking on right now. There, there are three teams that basically can, can still go out and sign a major free agent outright if, they, uh, if that's what they choose to do. Um, yeah, the other one is OKC, but OKC is rebuilding. So they will more likely, instead of spending that on free agents, they'll probably use that to try to generate assets and, and um, you know, like let let teams dump salary and kind of rent their cap space in exchange for assets. So we'll we'll see how that plays out.
2: Hey, uh, last question for me, Dan. Um, your thoughts about the the pick of Jared Butler out of uh, Baylor? Jazz trade down in the draft to get him uh, one. How's a the Jazz are saying this is a great player, should have been a lottery player, but if he was, why was he available at forty and then just will he help solve some of the Jazz needs?
0: So the draft experts I trust, I, I'm I'm admittedly not a big draft expert because I spend too much time obsessing about the NBA to really follow the college game closely. But the people I trust basically are are really bullish on Jared Butler and, and think he's one of those rare rookies who who could come into the NBA and contribute right away because he's he's someone who the things he does well are things that every NBA team needs. It's not like he's some guy who was, you know, leading his college team with 30 points per game and then suddenly gets to the NBA where he's his team's ninth best player and has to, you know, has to figure out how to play a role. He's a guy who already <clears throat> has sort of been making his making his name on defense and spot-up shooting. Um, he can create a little bit out of a pick and roll. But to answer your question about why he uh, why he fled really from being considered a lottery talent earlier on in the year to being picked fortieth by the jazz last week. um you know, a lot of it is health concerns. So he has a, a heart problem that the NBA has looked at. Um, the The NBA has a panel of doctors that before they let a guy declare for the draft, they look through any health issues and and determine whether a guy is fit to play. The last thing the NBA wants is somebody you know developing a really serious health problem because of their nba career. So the nba uh the NBA's fit to play panel reviewed Jared Butler's heart condition and and said that he should be fine, he should be should be healthy enough to have a long and productive nba career. But obviously that's just something that was scary enough to make a lot of teams think twice and the jazz feel like they were the beneficiaries of that because they feel like they got a really good player late in the draft and um uh, you know someone that I think they're penciling in for, you know, kind of a borderline rotation role. I think I think Jared Butler's going to see the court this year, which not every second round pick does, right? Elijah Hughes was last year's second round pick, and the jazz barely barely put him on the hardwood. but uh, but Butler, I think they view as someone who who can help right away because um he excels in some of those areas uh, that that you want your role players to be good at.
1: Dan, before I let you go, Chris Paul's agreed to stay on a four year one hundred and twenty million dollar contract. In Arizona to play for the Phoenix Suns, Kyle Lowry is headed to the Heat. Who's on the better end of this deal?
0: Well, again, you know Chris Paul just led a team to the NBA Finals. He opted out of a of a forty four million dollar final year of his contract to sign to sign that deal, which which would be an average of thirty. So, so to me, that sounds like Phoenix kind of got a deal. I think they got someone who was like Finals MVP candidate worthy um, on a discount. So good for Phoenix and mm. you know obviously Phoenix is one of those teams that the Jazz are going to have to deal with in the Western Conference for you know probably at least a couple more years while Chris Paul is, is still good and, and somewhere near the top of his game.
1: Dan you're one of the best. Thank you so much. We'll be looking forward to seeing your updates on articles and on social media. It's Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops. Enjoy the rest of free agency. Alright take it easy fellas. Alright buddy. Thanks Dan. Yeah, always great analysis on, Dude, he's so uh, on their good. site. He's so dang good. <laughs> the, the spreadsheets that they're putting together to track oh, all of this. Have you seen the website? Oh, yeah. Dude, it's ridiculously awesome. Yes. Dan Clayton of Salt City Hoops. We're going to take a break. Coming back, we'll wrap up the first hour. Don't you go away. Don't change that radio dial. We're back for hour number two. It's all coming up on the football press. But wait, press. there's more.